Hey guys, Liz here. Just wanted to say that this was originally planned to be a two-part episode, but we decided that we're releasing it in full. So thanks for listening. Welcome to Trunon. I'm Liz. I'm Brace, joined by producer Young Chopsky. And we have a bit of a different episode this week. We are joined by Maria Farmer, who is uh, an, a victim of Jeffrey Epstein's, um, who's joining us on a very long phone call from across the other side of the United States, um, where we're, and we're going to walk through and talk about her experiences with Jeffrey and Ghislaine and, um, you know, it's going to get a little tough. It got tough for me. I think it got tough for Brace and it certainly has been tough for Maria. So, um, we're going to start that right now. How you doing? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm very flattered. Oh, oh thank are, you. We are we are honored that you, you could you. join us. Um, so, Maria, do you want to talk a little about uh, your early life? I know you're an artist. I mean, you're still obviously very much an artist. Um, and just give us, you know, your start. I know you moved to New York and went to art school. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I have always wanted to be an artist. I mm-hmm. began... Um, kind of in the crib. But then I was studying pre-med in college out in the Silicon Valley. And then I decided I wanted to be an artist. And so I really dove into that. And I was going to a Jesuit school and the Jesuits like made a deal with me that I could go to France and it would be matriculated if I got like straight A's for two years. Okay. So I did that. It was really cool. And they'd made it matriculated. They honored it. And I went to graduate. I went to a, a an art school in the South of France called Lacoste school of the arts of the South. Mm. And anyway, the Lacoste school was a figurative art school where they studied a lot of the same kind of thing as the New York Academy of art, where I went to graduate school. But the funny thing is the first day I was there, I remember seeing like a poster and I had this German roommate and she was pretty cool, but she said this really bizarre thing to me. She said, I said, I want to go to that school because I really admired the drawing Mm -hmm. on the poster. And she said, you can't go to that school. And I said, why? And she said, because it's a pedophile ring. Those are her exact words. And I thought that is the weirdest, most conspiratorial, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I never thought about these things and I kind of felt sorry for her. Like who thinks about pedophilia? And you know, I didn't even know that was real. I don't know. I just never thought about it. So you don't really um, think about it unless you, you know, think about it. It's not yeah. something you generally, you know, it's all on top of your mind in college. Right. So I go to graduate school and I go to that school and I study with the man who did the drawing. His name's Randy Mellick. He's so mm-hmm. talented. And I studied with Eric Fischel there. Who's this incredible talent. Just this yeah, he was, your, he was your mentor, right? Yes. Yes. And um, he was incredible artist and, but just a great thinker a great professor. He's married Mm -hmm. to this brilliant woman, April Gornick. I mean, they're just, there's just, it was just a great opportunity. Right. And they had nothing to do with any of this stuff. They had no clue. Of course. Yeah. Um, There were a few people who didn't have a clue, but most people did. Most people knew. And um, so when I, I end up at that school and I end up 
in being introduced by the Dean of Students to Jeffrey and Guilan on the night of after graduation. Uh, where was that, that you were introduced? So that was at the New York Academy of Art mm-hmm. and on Franklin Street. And Eileen, I had just sold a painting and Eileen insisted that I give the check back to the guy and take half of what I was just paid um, because of the Academy. Because these people are patrons of the Academy, Maria. So you're going to do it for the Academy. Mm. So um, I gave away a check for 12000 which was not fun. And then mm. I took a check for six. And I just honestly just thought I'll never see them again. You know, I don't like these people. This is so not fun for me. But I so really they- did it because it was, it was kind of held over my head for the Academy. Yeah. So, so they were, so basically it was Epstein and Ghislaine kind of got the school to give them your paint to, to, to have you sell your painting at a lower price. Yes. yes. But it was negotiated did. before I was ever, you know, involved. <laughs> did you, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't really expect someone in art school in the nineties to like know who Epstein was because no, I, I had no most idea. People, most people no. did until pretty recently. No. Um, yeah. But did you have any sort of impression of them or? I honestly, when I first met them, thought they were really weird. That was it. I just mm. thought they were creepy. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was the that what gave you that impression? Okay. So he was super smiley, like he looked like a court jester or something. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I called him the old Fonzie because he just like reminded mm. us of that. Like he wasn't really cool, but he thought he was. You he know does I mean? have the sort of sorry like, for him. Yeah. Uh, and what about Galay? She was dressed up. I remember, um, I don't remember what she was wearing. I just remember thinking yeah. she was very glitzy and kind of tacky, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you're basically, you're describing how I think most people who've seen them feel. Yeah. The upper east side, like tacky. It's not in style guys. I don't know why they, I don't know why people like Eileen Guggenheim think that it's hip to be super rich and like wearing that stuff. It's just Mm. not, it's just not, it's no longer cool. Maybe it was in the nineties, but not now. (laughs) So after, uh, I mean, after you basically gave them back their, their check, took half of the money and you had sold them a painting, right? Right. Right. Or drawing. Um, what was your next interaction with them? Good question. So the next interaction, I get a call from, again, Eileen Guggenheim. And I'm actually in the Hamptons at the time. I was doing an artist in residency there. And it was a really wonderful experience. And I didn't want to leave. And she said, no, 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 you have to go. Um, you're going for the academy, for the academy. You're going to go uh, to this ranch in New Mexico with me. And then you're going to study. And we're going to invite Eric Fischel. And he's going to do the workshop. And three women from the academy are coming with me. And so we flew with her on a plane to go to, um, now we didn't fly on the Lolita Express that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've flown on that plane a few times, but that was not one of them. And so we flew with her commercial, right? Sat Mm -hmm. with Eileen. She denied all this. Even though we flew there, I have photographs of her, like hanging out with Eric Fischel on the trip. And she's like, no, I was never there. But she was. And so she took us to the estate. And when we first got there, before we walked in, she pulled me aside and said, I want you to flirt with him. I want you to sit on his lap. And she's instructing me to do all this creepy stuff. Of course, yes. I, did not, I did not do that. But I did. I was very flirtatious, you know, like laughing with, mm. at all the jokes because I was. Yeah, flirty. sure. Yeah. Right. So this is Epstein's New Mexico property. Right. So this is when it was a double wide trailer. <laughs> it was when he was <laughs> Wait, building what? it. Yeah. Oh my God. Still gosh. under construction, then I assume. Yeah. yeah. So it was, 
and and Eileen had said to go in and like brag about the property. So I looked. I told that scene, I thought he had a really great double wide <laughs> and Eileen was mad at me, but I don't um, care anyway. So, yeah. so it, um, that experience was very bizarre at the ranch and she, it ends up, we had to play a game where, um, Gilan would pass. Okay. First of all, when we hung our coats up, there was a skeleton in the closet and Gilan thought that was hilarious. And it was just, you see what like I a mean? toy like skeleton. Yeah, get out. Are you serious? Uh, right now? Yeah. Literal skeleton in the closet. And then we go to sit at the dinner and Eileen's there, the Dean of Students of the Academy and three of the recent graduates. Eric wasn't there. He didn't, mm -hmm. he didn't have anything to do with that. I, I, and so, sorry, not to interrupt, all, yeah. all, all young women. Yeah, all women, not young. I was the youngest at that school by far. And, gotcha. um, but not young, but just women. One of them, I don't know, I guess she was really flirty or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the other one was just this brilliant woman, Ursula Rudenberg. And if you guys ever, sh you should talk to her sometime. I mean, she is like the neatest lady. She was someone I actually trusted with my dog. <laughs> she was the only person <laughs> in New York that I would leave my dog with her. But Ursula is really, really smart uh, mm. woman. And so she observed a lot when she was mm. there. And I didn't even remember part of it. I had blocked it, probably trauma or something. Of course. But she had a lot of details. So Ursula was very cool. And I think, I think Eileen probably brought her because she knew that we, that I really liked her and, I don't know. I think that's why. But yeah. anyway, um, unfortunately, she brought her, and Ursula is very smart, and she remembers everything. So she backed me um, when Eileen lied. So you guys were at this dinner. Yes. And in the bag, Eileen, um, Aguilan passes around a little bag, and it's a brown baggie, and it has falsies in it. And we all have to close our eyes and feel and guess what's in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we're supposed to take them out and put them in and pretend like we're wearing them. Yeah. Oh, wait. So the dean False? of students is playing with falsies. Wait. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not up on the lingo. Does that mean like inserts for bras? Yes. Like fake boobs. They were actually fake breasts. <laughs> yeah. Maria, that is very weird. Yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> I have to say weird. that hearing this and then also everything I've read about her, she, you know, Gillian seems to have an awful sense of humor. Yeah, like, it's, it's not very... Funny. Yeah. Not funny. Not funny. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, you know, those old Benny Hill shows like that kind yeah. of, humor. you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. And Epstein had the same kind of humor, but the thing about Epstein, he's so gross, but he was so charming guys. Like yeah, he really was. Yeah. He was so yeah. incredibly charming. And she was too back then. She was mm -hmm. really, really charming back then. And I'll tell you this, when I got to the ranch before we had dinner, um, Eileen Guggenheim like led me out by my elbow to go to uh, outside to meet Gilan, and Gilan literally freaking rode up on a white horse. <laughs> she seems very theatrical. This yeah. is on a white horse. Yeah. So she's on a white horse and she's in full blown, <laughs> like equestrian attire, like oh a Ralph God. Lauren ad, right? Yes. Yeah. She was obsessed with Ralph Lauren, by the way, she would always say, I think Epstein looks just like Ralph Lauren. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good look or not. I don't, I don't know. know. That's true. Like, I'm not so sure. I don't think they really do look like, you know, no. but okay. <laughs> yeah. Lauren's uh, a lot more attractive. So. Yeah. She yes. definitely <laughs> seems to have the flair for the dramatic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it was, she was just so insincere, you know, but mm. she seemed really fabulous when you first met her. And so I was blown away by this woman, like, oh, her proper King's English and all of this, you know, it was amazing. Sure. So, and intimidating, I would imagine. Very intimidating. 
and impressive strangers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just wanted you just wanted to please these women. Like they had all this power, but it wasn't because I wanted power. It was because I'm just kind of a people pleaser and it was a yeah. nightmare. It was really a nightmare. I'm not like that anymore. I don't please yeah. anybody. <laughs> you mentioned the charm, the kind of natural charm. And it is funny because that does seem to be, I mean, at least in interviews I've read with other people who knew them, just yes. like a constant recurring theme of actually how kind of like disarmingly charming they were and yes. you wouldn't expect it no they were grifters or hoodwinkers or something or con men yeah, yeah. Con yeah. Men. yeah. well that that's yeah. the thing is is i don't think that he could have sort of gotten away with asthma i mean money will get you away get let you get away with a lot but yeah. you do have to be you know a certain level of charming because oh people, yeah people i mean that's the whole point is people don't immediately suspect you because like oh that nice guy like you know he's such an affable yeah. fella or like galane like I, I, from what i understand is galane had this way of like seeming very important and so when she paid you att attention to somebody they would mm -hmm. feel important too which is yes. a classic sort of abuser's tactic yes um she's a psychopath she would make you feel like you're the only one in the room yes most important person and epstein did the same thing he did yeah. the same thing yeah. Was he very like attentive at this dinner? I mean, or did he like, I mean, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people there, right? So yeah, all of his attention was paid to me. Mm. Yeah, it made me feel uncomfortable. And I didn't yeah. understand, you know, I just thought this is creepy. This and you, creepy. you had just been brought there by, you know, someone at your college. It makes absolutely, the I dean. mean, Eileen Guggenheim. Yeah. Like who doesn't, adore their dean like at the jesuits yeah. the dean was like the coolest guy he's the one who helped me get into france so right. at the school in france like i always thought the dean was a really important part of your education not part of pimping you and especially if you have a relationship with them that's something yes. that you want to nurture for your professional aspirations for you know networking it's only, it's only natural right well my relationship with her was an abusive one where she used me as like a maid mm. and her babysitter for her daughter who god bless the child was rotten you know just spoiled mm. rotten and so yeah. i i mean it's not the child's fault right but she's she was horrible. And so I was constantly babysitting this rotten child and cleaning this woman's house. And a, a lot of times, not a lot, but several times she didn't pay me. Her sister did totally didn't pay me. She paid me with two expired traveler's checks, but her sister also said, listen, I've got a bunch of crap. I've got an old blanket and some costume jewelry. You can sell at the flea market if you want Jesus. money. Yeah. That's like medieval bartering. I know. Sorry, I made that loud. No, no, yeah, that's no, hilarious. It is like medieval barter. Exactly. It's like no, this. Sorry, that's hilarious. You know your crops. I, I'm not going to give any money for them, but I will give you several pounds of concrete. Right. Like, <laughs> I guess I didn't have concrete back then. You know what I mean. I had to. I had to actually like. I mean, clean her toilets for two weeks, and I've just gotten my graduate degree. You know. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well. I think. I think that's something that probably makes this, this so difficult too, because. Like this is supposed to be somebody that you, you trust and you look up right. to and who you don't, I mean, this is a classic case of what happens in a lot of abuse situations. You don't sort of assume automatically, even if they do something that's bad, you don't right. assume that they, that, that it's bad or like, you think, I don't know. It, 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 it seems like it's very common. Yes. Yes. And, and so what else? So like how, so you guys had this dinner in Santa Fe and, and what was like the, the rest of the trip like? Um, 
So the rest of the trip was basically amazing because I was studying with this brilliant artist Mm -hmm. and it was like a four to one workshop. So all of us had all this time to talk to him and learn. And then we went to site Santa Fe following that, which um, the guy who was good friends with Eric was running. And so that was really cool. And that guy now is, um, he's a, he's a really cool guy. He's, um, in charge of the art school at Columbia, I think still, cool. but anyway, so we got to experience all these people, but that wasn't really why I was brought there. So when you returned to New York, what happened? <clears throat> so when I got back to New York, um, I received a call from Eileen saying that she didn't need me for the summer. Cause she was going to her Tuscan Villa. Mm. And so <laughs> she would have her um, sister hire me for two weeks. Yeah, the sister that didn't pay me. Yeah. Great. So I worked for her for two weeks when I got back. And then when I stopped working for her, I went to, um, well, the day that I stopped working for her was because she had a nervous breakdown, like in front of me, screaming at me over eating watermelon in her house. How dare I? So I had to walk home. But her husband was like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. What a nightmare. I, you don't need that. And I got home and... I had to walk because I didn't have the money for the subway. I was so poor, literally, the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it was a struggle. So I get to, I get home and the phone's ringing as I'm trying to open my door. And it's Jeffrey Epstein. And he says, I'm so sorry you had to work for that bitch Barbara. But guess what? I've got a real job for you tomorrow. Before we get into this next part, I do want to ask is back then, what did you want for yourself? Like when you were going to art school, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, listeners will post some of this too, but Maria and Maria don't listen while I say this. Maria is a very good artist. It's it's like fantastic art. (laughs) I didn't Uh, paint for 20 years. So that is just getting back. Yeah. 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 And like the UFO series, that's my first dip. That's my first toe dip into the water of painting again in 20 Almost 25 years. Yeah, it's painful. I couldn't do it because of the trauma. I couldn't yeah. date because of trauma. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's like, that's something that sticks out to me because obviously you have the trauma of the, the, the assault and everything that goes along with that too. But like, I mean, it's also, it's tough because like you, I mean, you wanted to be a painter, right? Yeah, I've always wanted to be. So like in my journals from childhood, it says, I have the power to be a great artist. I'm like in the third grade. and wow. then. Yeah, another one says, when I grow up, I'm going to move to New York City, and I'm going to go to the Met every day, and I'm going to study painting. Yeah, that's I'm like in the fourth grade in that. So it has always been what I was supposed to do, and that was the thing that killed me for every one of these victims, yeah. is that everything they were supposed to do was stolen from them. Yeah. And we were all really badly abused, just in ways that are so bizarre, like verbally abused, yeah, emotionally abused. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's I mean, it's like, it's like the same like I was Virginia. told I wasn't allowed to eat at the country club because I wasn't the right religion by Guilan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that is so messed up. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, and my it's, boyfriend was like, what are you talking about? Can I eat there? He's Jewish. He's like, can I go? Am I allowed mm-hmm. to eat there? And I'm like, no, I guess not. We're not the right ilk or something, you know? Not rich enough. Yeah. We weren't it's, wealthy. Yeah. It was, it had nothing, by the way, it had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with not having money and power. Yeah. 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 
And so that's 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 kind of what I what I get into here. So you mentioned a country club, and yes, New Albany Country Club. Not a lot of country clubs in New York. Um, no, no. Thank <laughs> so you said you said Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. You said Jeffrey called you. Um, what 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 was the job that he had? Okay, so the job he offered me. Well, he wanted me to meet him in his office. He didn't tell me that night. He wanted me to meet him in his office the next morning, mm-hmm. and I showed up the next morning and. Um, Morgan Fairchild was seated beside him. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sitting there. She didn't say a word the whole time. She just sat there like a little plastic doll. She's had like more plastic surgery. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I've never, this is in the 90s. Too much, I was like, too much Botox? Yeah. But this was in the 90s. No, this is before Botox. Yeah, this, oh. is, yeah, this is old school plastic surgery. Yeah, this is intense stuff. So <laughs> I don't like her because I want to know why she was always there and why she's never said anything about yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. So anyway, she was seated there. And um, the funny thing is that day when I, my first day at work, also Katie Ford, who owns Ford modeling was there meeting with Elan. I am not shocked at hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. And she was used by Ghislaine as somebody who would lure Annie in. Like, oh, well, we'll use Katie Ford Modeling Agency. The Ford Modeling Agency will hire Annie. If not, she said this. If not, my friend, my friend Harvey can get her into movies. No. Yeah. And this yeah. is, so for listeners. This is in 1995. Um, Annie's your sister. Annie Farmer is my sister. Yeah. And she's, she's, she's quite a bit younger. She's not quite a bit, but she's younger she's, than she's you, She's right? 10 years younger than me. She was, okay. Yeah, she was. Yeah. That's why this all happened because yeah. they found out I had, okay, so that first day he asked me about my family in the interview mm. and he wanted to know if I had any siblings and all about them. He wanted to know, and I told him I wasn't mm-hmm. close to my father. He wasn't financially supportive. And so he said, all right, well, um, you're hired. <laughs> uh, music to his fucking ears. Yeah. Uh, so what did he hire you for? Okay. So he said, I would like for you to be getting artwork for people. Um, I mean, for my house, for all my properties. So you'll be acquiring artwork. And I thought it was great because there's this guy, Damien Loeb. He's still an amazing artist, but he's like the coolest. He was in the mod squad. Like I kind of discovered him before mm-hmm. he was discovered. I feel like I knew yeah. him and we were friends and he lived in his storage unit guys, like poor guy. And he's talented and yeah. he sells his work for a lot of money. Okay. And I, so I went to his storage unit to get his painting and it was little miss pink tomato. I'll never forget the name. Cause it was like, this is so creepy now, but I didn't know then. So yeah. I just thought it was a phenomenal painting, but it was a child beauty contest of like children and diapers. Right. And I didn't know like Epstein yes. was a pedophile. Why would I know that? So I, I really don't I, assume it. Yeah. And Damien said, you know, right now this is my best painting. And I agreed. It's fabulous. It just really captured like those cheesy. Um, it was, it was making fun of beauty contests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Miss Pink Tomato, you know? So he was a, he's a very clever artist. And so there was also a guy named Chuck Bowdish, who's like this phenomenal. You have to look him up. Chuck Bowdish. He's phenomenal artist. And I acquired so many of his pieces, like a hundred things. And Epstein never paid these guys. And I also got art from everybody I knew, like all these people had talents and they needed money. And I was trying to match the people who needed the money with the guy who had the money and the art. Right. Yeah. It was a great fit. And I I was so excited about the job. I ran outside, called my mom from a payphone and said, I think this guy's like a savior. He's going to help all these students. And he really, you know, cares about education. He even mentioned that he wants to help my sister. And mom, my mom's like, oh my gosh, Maria. And, you know, it wasn't yeah. that weird for us because I had collectors 
Okay. So my, my first job in New York was this guy, John Paulson, who's the neatest guy in the world. He's a billionaire. Okay. Mm. But he was the neatest man. He was totally honorable and brilliant. And, and he actually, I think Eileen Guggenheim wanted me to date him so that there would be favors to the Academy. But that yeah. didn't happen. We became very good friends and he was mm. so respectable. And John Paulson helped me start a company called Tribeca party servers. He was mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> so he was one of my best friends in New York. And, and I, so it wasn't that unusual for me that yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, know, I know that like in the art world, I mean, I, I can't even, you should see my handwriting, let alone a drawing <laughs> I've ever made. Uh, but I know in the art world, you know, I've had friends who, who got to, you know, not very successful, but sort of successful out here. And basically it's like the people who can buy the art are rich people. Right. And so yeah. it's not that weird for like someone who lives in their storage unit to, right. be, to be dealing with really rich people. Right. It's not, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so you function as sort of like an art procurer for, for, yes. for Epstein, which it does sound last. like a dream job. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a dream job. It didn't last more than three months because my friends weren't paid mm. and I got very upset about this. And so I tried to quit and he said, no, 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 no. Cause of Annie, I think no, 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 no. No. Also, I think because of my art, because he wanted more of it. He was mm-hmm. stealing it, you know? Yeah. And so was Guilin. They were stealing my art. So I think that, that that was why he kept me around. But he said, no, 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 no. I have another job for you. So he like created a job for me. And he moved a big white desk into the into the 71st Street mansion that he said Wexner had just given him for a dollar. And that was my job then, was to watch that door. So I could see like the anti-mame stairs, I could see the elevator and I could yeah. see the front door all from this desk. Oh, wow. So you were, you, I, I, I read a little sort of mention that you had done this or that this was your job, I think in the New York yes. Times article. But mm-hmm. so you were like, you were really like the person at the door. Yeah, I have the to door. give a shout out to Mike Baker, that guy from the New York Times. Mm. He's the only one at the New York Times I like, but that guy is <laughs> such a cool guy. He's yeah. kind of an angel. He's a great writer. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Right there. <laughs> no, that article on, 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 on you and your sister was really great. Um, He's just a stud. He really is. <laughs> so, so that, I mean, my God, that must have been, you must have seen a lot of people coming in and out. I saw a lot. Yeah, I saw a lot. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I, I didn't really know what to, ha- to ask here. <laughs> what, I mean, just what was it like? Well, um, one day I asked Epstein because I didn't understand because like I said, I had known JP, John Paulson, and he yeah. was this brilliant banker and this guy could like make money out of thin air and he worked 24 seven. He was the most dedicated yeah. person to work. Like I remember he just really struck, you know, he just always worked. And, um, so, and then I have a friend, Jonathan Shaw in Chicago who works on the exchange and he just works all the time. And yeah. so I was like, these people are always working. Why does Jeffrey Epstein never work? If he's in finance? <laughs> right? that, is, that, is a, that is a question as old as time itself. Why didn't he work? Right. Yeah. And it seems like even reporters now are still grappling with that question. <laughs> yeah. So I know I didn't work. He didn't, he just got yeah. all this money from one person, right. but that's okay. So he was, I mean, not okay, but he was up, upstairs all the time. So I said, can you please explain to me if you're in finance, why you're always upstairs? And he goes, oh, I'll show you. And he takes me up there. He's kind of clueless guys. So he takes me up there and I remember we walked cause it was like a lot of flights and we get up there and 
he leads me to like a marble room. It's gray and white Italian marble. And there's an mm-hmm. altar in there. <laughs> he goes, I get my massages over here. No. It's like a massage altar. And then I'm like, what do you do all day, Jeffrey? And he goes, I have to get at least three massages a day, Maria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard that. I thought that was creepy. Yeah. That is um, extremely creepy. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just it, like to somebody who doesn't know what's, you know, if somebody who I didn't know was a serial sex predator told that to me and I was supposed to take it at face value that they really yeah. got three massages a day, that is still insanely weird. It is like, very odd. Like, unless you have a serious health problem, like exactly. circulation or something. Like, why do you need people moving your blood around all day? I don't understand yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, also, it's just that takes a lot of time out of your day as well. Right. So did, uh, right. Did you see like miss what we what Jeffrey would call, I guess, masseuses coming in and out? Okay, so the only time I actually met a masseuse, an actual masseuse, mm-hmm. was one of these women that Jeffrey kept for whatever reason, and she was in on it, and she was a creep. Yeah. And he sent me to her one time. He bought her an apartment on the Upper East Side, but it was like a real dump, like dangerous to get there. It's really far up. And at the time, it was like the most dangerous neighborhood. It was like yeah. Spanish Harlem or something. And she was like so proud of this apartment. And she said he would just do anything for me. I'm like, he lets you live here? You know, it's dangerous. Yeah. And she, so she starts giving me a creepy kind of massage and telling me how I'm not a good person. Um, it was part of, it was like a planned thing. I'm not a good person. And my skin is telling everyone this because I have all these weird thoughts. And I'm like, what, what is this lady? Yeah, Those it was bizarre. Holes. So, yeah. so I was like, <laughs> I, I don't like her. And I told Jeffrey, I said, don't you ever make me go to her again. He said, okay, don't worry about it. So I, that's the only massage, actual massage therapist I ever met in association yeah. with him. But he had children come in. Gilan had children come in all day. And yeah. when I asked, she said, these are Victoria's secret models, Maria. Let's pause here for a second and talk a little bit about Gilane and these yes. Uh, the model scouting that she was doing, uh, it seems like out of the apartment, correct? Yeah, it was really disturbing. So I'll tell you one time she had me go to her apartment with her because she was trying to like procure someone and she was trying to get me. Now this girl, I remember she was 19 and I remember because I asked and she didn't look super young, but she looked a lot like the other victims with super mm-hmm. flat chest and blonde hair. And apparently, Gilan said Jeffrey had seen her in Central Park. And so she had exchanged phone numbers with her. And so, mm-hmm. but I saw Gilan doing this as well, but I want to tell this story because it's so creepy. So I get there and there's a drawing of mine on the wall. And I'm like, where'd you get that? And she goes, oh, I got it at your apartment, my studio. And I'm like, Okay, forget it. So we sit down and she's uh, telling me that I need to convince this girl of how amazing they've been to me. So she goes to the kitchen to make a spot of tea and I'm like, answer the door and the girl's talking to me and I'm like, I just want to tell you they never really pay me. You know, like I'm having a hard time with these people and I warned her and she didn't stay. Right. So Ghislaine somehow knew. I don't know if the girl told her. I don't know. But then Ghislaine somehow knew because when Ghislaine was in there, I tried really hard. I was like, oh gosh, they're amazing. Yes, yeah. they've done so much for me. And I'm going, no, they don't you know, but yeah. she basically didn't use me again for that purpose, obviously. But mm-hmm. she did let me go with her all the time in the car. And she would go, stop the car. And seriously, like driving by schools, she would stop the car and mm-hmm. go give a phone number. You know, this is before cell phones, really. I mean, yeah, she had yeah. one, but it was like huge. But yeah. everybody, she would give like paper to the child, you know, and get a paper back. And she would have their phone number. They would exchange numbers. And this went on all the time. 
Yeah. And I was telling people that like Ivana Trump would go on these drives with her. Did Ivana Trump know what was going on? Wow. Yeah. I, 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 I that's, I hadn't heard that before. Well, Ivana was very good friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. Very, yeah. very good friends. I wish I she would explain herself. Well, I think, I think basically everybody, from what I gather, basically anybody who hasn't been like named already, um, well, they're, 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 they're not about to out themselves. You no, know they're I mean? not. I mean, you know, we saw, we saw that those that struggled to get that, uh, that other testimony released, those other depositions released because they name names. I feel like many people have uh, some invested interest in not. Well, I can uh, tell you this. Uh, Bernie Sanders wasn't in the book, the black book, but Donald <laughs> Trump sure is. Yes. <laughs> Wonder who I, I want to vote for. I've hmm. been saying that. Exactly. Yeah. I That's know. the only well, candidate, by the way, because he never raped anybody. He's also an amazing guy. <laughs> we are, we are, we are huge fans. We love, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I love him so much. I just yeah. had to give a shout out. Because, yeah. no, we, we, <laughs> no. we, I met him, I met him, I met him about eight months ago. Um, oh my gosh, you're, that's my sister's yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, a lot taller he's than you. So were. sweet, he is tall. Yeah, really? he's he's a huncher. He hunches when he's old. But oh, I when I got him. in, oh I, I, he walked in. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about every one of my boyfriends. He reminds me of every one of my boyfriend's dads. Like seriously, <laughs> they were always like these brilliant academic, like you know, professorial, just adorable men. Yeah, and that's what he reminds me of. And I was like, I'm voting for him. And then yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So. <laughs> So you worked at this job for like a few months, you were saying? Yes. Um, so that, uh, the job at the desk, uh, that was a long time. I sat there oh. almost, almost like a year. Well, a count, like a school year. Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, I, I saw kind of creepy things happen there. Definitely. Like I was disturbed because a little girl came down crying and she had on a school uniform. And I, um, I asked Gilam what happened? And she was like, she didn't get the job. She has to just mm. toughen up. Uh, you know, if you're going to be in the modeling world, you have to toughen up. And I'm like, are models usually 14? You know, she had on braces. I'm like, are they usually that young? And yeah. she's like, well, for Victoria's Secret, they are. And I'm thinking, no, they're not. They have boobs, you know? Mm. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, these are the people that work for Les Wexner. So who yeah. am I to doubt them, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it seems too like, I mean, Gillian, like we mentioned, you said a lot of famous people. She was a real fixture in the New York society scene. So I can only imagine the kind of people that she would bring in and out of that house. I mean, there's lots of stories. Um, and I'm not trying to say like name some names. It's not about that. But just to, yeah. I, I just want to like, like we were kind of saying earlier, try to paint the most robust portrait we can of this woman. Right. Well, I do want to say one thing. There are yeah. some people that were around her that I know were not nefarious. And one of them was Joan Rivers. And I know this oh, bless her heart. God, I loved her. Okay. Right. I'm going to tell you something. She did not, she only saw the charming side of Ghislaine, but Joan yeah. Rivers was a good, good egg, man. Mm -hmm. She had nothing to do with any of this. But the reason I'm mentioning her is because she also fell prey to that charm yeah. and she had no idea what was happening, but I went on some drives with her and she was so nice and funny. And I would watch her two Yorkies, my Yorkie and Ghislaine's Yorkie while they would go oh, shopping. But yeah. then Joan Rivers would always share and be really, you know, she was just like a good person. So there were some people in their orbit, very few, yes. very few that were good people. Mm, and didn't really know what was going on. No, she had no idea. No, yeah, because I can. Joan Rivers does not strike me. She I mean, would not have put up with that shit. No, can't 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 <laughs> judge by your gut feeling. But Joan Rivers does not strike me as a pedophile. 
No, God, no. No, she was an adorable woman. She was hilarious. Like everything she said was actually funny. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would would Gillian be throwing any parties around this time at, at the house? Um, I feel like we'd read about so, right, like, yes. so many yes. kind of like Weird extravagant dinner parties. dinner parties that right. she would dream up. Yeah. So not at that era, she didn't have her big dinner parties yet, mm. um, but she definitely had parties for President Clinton. And the only reason I know this is because she would go into a flipping tizzy when he Jeez. was getting ready to come. And Chef Andy, who just died, mm. unfortunately, and uh -huh. Andy Stewart, was very good friends with him. And I wish I'd stayed friends with him because he knew everything. I called him the Holy Grail of this case. Yeah, He saw it all. I think that's what scared him and he ran away, yeah. you know. But um, I don't think he was complicit, but I, he never said anything. And yeah. I actually slapped him. I, I slapped him when I said goodbye to him, which really hurt because he was a good friend. Um, Andy Stewart was kind of a good guy, but I don't know how he let this go on. I don't understand yeah. it. Fear? I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Maybe fear. Know? Maybe they threatened his life. Yeah. You know, they could have threatened his family's lives, but they did all that with me and I still did it. Yeah. And I feel like, why am I the only damn person who had courage? And not only courage, but just, I was furious. Why am I the only person who was mad about it? And yeah, so I just don't understand that. But yeah, they were, there were, Bill Clinton definitely came on three occasions. And I can only tell you because Andy promised me he was there. And, yeah. and, and he said, I've got to prepare because the president's coming. And everybody had to leave the house. I was always the last to go because I was at the desk. But mm. everyone had to leave except two of the maids and Andy, who keep, he prepared the food. Yeah. And, she would say, the president's coming, the president's coming. And she would get so excited. And Gillian would always brag about how much Bill Clinton loved her. So I hate to tell people, but Bill Clinton and Donald not, Trump are sleazebags. Not, oh, not yeah. surprised. I know the 20, 2016. Watch Bernie TV. isn't. Yes. <laughs> I, no, I don't different. think that any of our listeners uh, would disagree with both Trump and Clinton being <laughs> yeah. sleazebags. Um, so, I mean, did you interact? I mean, we'll move on in a sec, but just one, 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 one thing about this is, did you interact much with Epstein around this time? Like, did you see oh, him gosh, much? Oh, yes. gosh, yes, constantly, yeah. And, yeah, I was around him a lot. And just when he wasn't upstairs, you know, when he was yeah. upstairs, I wasn't around him. I was around her more, but I was around him every day for at least a couple of hours, you know? And it, what was so weird about these people is that they didn't have friends. I don't understand yeah. this. Like they would tell me things you tell your friends, right? Yes. So my boyfriend at the time, Jeff Mendelson, they would like invite us so that they could talk to us. Like we were their friends. Like he's like, Maria, these people are weird. They're not, they don't have any friends. And <laughs> I remember um, they made Jeff Mendelson take photos of me uh, with Elan's hair. They took me to, it was either. So several times they sent me to Frederick Fakai and they would send people to Bumble and Bumble, mm. these places. And everybody at those hair salons knew what was happening because yeah. they would go in and they'd say, is she getting the Guilan? Yeah. Oh. And so I got the Guilan haircut and I came home. My boyfriend's like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> no offense. Haircut that was so outdated, right? I'm sure you. I'm sure you looked beautiful, Maria. I had like a mullet. I'm not I kidding. I do have to say the Galane is a terrible haircut. It is a hair terrible haircut, and my driver's license from Wexner's estate. It looks like I have a mullet because the Galane was growing out. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I can also just so imagine her being like, "This will be like the next Rachel." And it's like, oh, no, yes, yes. no, this is not no, going to be. It's never going to be. No, this is not, gonna not be a, a good thing. look. Not a good look. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> So when did you first 
So you, you mentioned you'd been on Jeffrey's plane a couple of times, the Lolita right. Express. Yeah, Did you take yeah. that to Ohio? No, I never took it to Ohio. Mm. I only took it to Florida with and oh, okay. Andy Stewart was on the plane with us two of the times, the two pilots and Ghislaine and Jeffrey. And that yeah. was it. When to I was the Palm there. Beach estate? Yes. Yeah. Mm. What was that the place like? It was very, okay. First of all, it had been Wexner's also. Oh my God. It was a dream house. Mm. Like imagine when you drive down that road in Palm beach and you see those mansions. Right. So you think I'm never going to be able to go in one of those and you pull in and it's just got that spectacular, like yeah. Florida Palm beach feeling. And I had never been anywhere like that. You know, I just yeah. never seen a house like that. And I can imagine how Virginia felt the first time she was a child and she was recording. Right. Oh you know, it's so it was a, so impressive guys. A poor like, child. Go in. Jesus. Yeah. But then you go in. Well, I grew up very wealthy, but, but I didn't no, have money the at the pop, time. No, the but I was saying like, girl. even I was impressed. Like, yeah. I mean, of course I was, we didn't grow up with, like in Palm beach, you know, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying I wasn't poor, but, that was so impressive. I was poor at the time though, when I was working for them, I've been yes. poor since, but <laughs> basically, but basically, um, the, the, the house had again, because, because it had been decorated by Wexner is very poor taste. And this French decorator always does the decor. So everything oh. had thick shag carpeting, which in Florida is not a good look. Oh my so gosh. Dirty, right? So muggy. And then, yeah. It was so <laughs> yucky. And, and then it was like, peach colored everything was peach and then you go down this long hallway with like palm tree wallpaper and then there's all these photos of nudes plus nudes of Gilam, which nobody wants to see like you can't unsee it it's not oh a my good gosh look. yeah that was i did, i wanted to ask about that if that like just there's a couple images out there just all the photos that were there and and there being so many photos of Gilane everywhere yes. <laughs> raises yes. some questions oh yeah she was really into herself I don't get it. I don't, I don't really know why, but I know that, um, at that point she also took me to a room, which was like an educational experience because, um, it was, uh, there was a sex swing in the middle of the room. I didn't know oh, what it was. No. And yes, there were also these leather straps. And I swear to you, she said, I can hang upside down for 45 minutes, like a bat. It really helps my skin. And I was oh like, Oh my gosh. Why? First of and then all, I go, what is that thing? It was like this big black thing hanging in the middle of the room. She's like, Oh honey, that's a sex swing. She just thought that was hilarious that I would ask. <laughs> it's it's first of all, if she was doing that bad thing, yeah. I would hate to see her skin before she did that because oh, she I had know. terrible skin. I know. Um, I know she didn't age well. But that's yeah, yeah, yeah. After like age twenty, um, yeah. I'm being I'm being actually. You know what? It's Gilly Maxwell. Fuck her. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but that's that's that matches so much up with like what I've heard about uh, the way people describe her is because she thinks it's like the, the the most outrageous thing in the world to like say something like oh look here's a little vibrator or like oh, throw yeah. a dildo yeah. at somebody like yeah. that's her sense of it's like it's like uh, Porky's yes Porky's part three or something exactly yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is awful. It's so weird. I what know. was their relationship like? Because there's been so much speculated. Right. So I can tell you right now, when I called, I'm going to say this part. I called, When I told the FBI about them, I told them that um, she was kind of like his handler or something. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And I don't know where that came from because I don't know these words. I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah. I also told them they were mafia. Um, yeah. And they were, and I didn't, I don't know how I knew. I just kind of knew that people don't normally live like this and act like this. So here's how their relationship was. She was the quote unquote lady of the house. Mm -hmm. She 
made all the demands and it was good cop, bad cop, 24 seven. Mm. So she would eviscerate someone. And then he would come in, like you asked how much I encountered him. He would come in when she made me cry and he would pat me on the back and Ugh. be really loving and tell me that it was okay. And, and that, uh, you know, like you said about that bitch, Barbara Guggenheim, like, you, I'm sorry you had to work for her. Like he was always the good right. cop. Jeffrey always swept in and Ghislaine did have like a horrible, horrible temper. Like, I mean, just a hair trigger temper. And she was so unkind. Like she did, she thinks that a lot of these people think that they're like two classes and mm. they're in the upper class and we're all beneath them. Mm -hmm. And I don't see things that way. So it's so confusing to me. And I kept trying to forgive them and think, I mean, not forgive them, but kept trying to like yeah, overlook ju this, right? Justify it. Yeah. Justify it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it just, mm -mm. that's fascinating. Yeah. I, it, it seems like classic manipulative abusive behavior to yes. have that kind of dual relationship you can mm -hmm. play off of, um, yes. you know, each one filling their role to kind of, you know. Yeah. And she was the intelligent one. Mm. Was, was, yeah. I saw her UN lecture. My God. She's like, I don't know what kind of drugs she's taking, but <laughs> she has dumbed down so badly. I'm like, I want to laugh the shrooming, you know, yes. something's happened. She's something has happened. I'm just teasing, but I don't know what she's doing. Mm. Something has happened to her where she, she, I swear to you guys, she was so intelligent and charming. And I saw her UN speech and she was just pathetic. And yeah. it's like all of her vocabulary has left her mind. Yeah. And she's, yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, God, it's, it's, she does. I don't know. As a, as a dumb guy, she does seem like a <laughs> moron, but from what I gather, she was pretty sharp when she was younger. Yeah. She um, was very, very intelligent, very well educated. So you would go to the Palm Beach house just for like weekends or would you right. go and when would you go with others or. Okay. So I'm going to tell you guys a really weird story. Yeah. So the last time I went there and this is Okay. The last time I went there, um, I think that they would invite me to answer your question because they didn't have friends. I know that sounds yeah. really weird, but they had to have their servants be their friends. And it was like, what? everybody would say to me, like, why do you think all these weird people had you at the dinner table? Cause it was like, I was the servant, but I also got to eat at the dinner table because huh. I was an artist. So, you know, it's like, it's like they were the Pope and I was Michelangelo. So I was their servant, but yeah. I was also invited to eat with them. It was very bizarre. So they would take me on these vacations, quote unquote. Um, and it was just miserable because I never got to do what I wanted to do. And I had to do exactly what they wanted to do. But the last day I was there, I was kind of hoping to like, listen to Jimmy Buffett play. Cause he lived next door. I was like, maybe I'll hear it. I'm not a big fan, but I was like, maybe I'll hear him. You yeah. Where things have happened Classic to me this year. Florida. Uh, yeah. He lived next door, you know? So I'm like trying to look over the cement fence. I'm like, yes, Oh yes. man. So anyway, these birds are constantly making noise and the birds are going, I mean, like really loud noises, right? But they're yeah. saying really, really vulgar things. And so as we're leaving, Ghislaine and Jeffrey say, see these two macaws, Maria? They're yours now. Huh. So the birds, their two favorite words were F you. No. And um, a lot of really bad words. They said the C word a lot. And so uh, this is funny, but I had to take those birds that in their 200 square foot cage. Andy Stewart brought it to my apartment in New York. I only had a 500 square foot apartment. Wait, no what? toilet, toilet down the hall. You know, I lived like in a tenement. And so they take the cage takes up the whole painting studio. So I call my boyfriend, Jeffrey Mendelssohn, and I'm sobbing. I'm like, I can't paint in here now. So he comes and heroically, he gets these macaws to his apartment. And he's in a rent. 
he's in a place like he owns his apartment in Greenwich Village at the time. And it was um, a co-op. So the co-op yeah. board hears F you all day long. Oh, no. <laughs> and so they're, they're, yeah, they're getting ready to get rid of him. So guess what, guys? We donate those two macaws to a bird sanctuary in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Well, that's cursing. Can't you see the old ladies? Well, fuck you too, Nancy. <laughs> you know, they're Thank walking gosh. through and they're mad at each other because they I think. That <laughs> Sorry I will about say, the bad words, but that's what they said. That's what the bird said. Yeah. I, I will say that 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 is such, that is almost a Seinfeldian um Oh, I love Seinfeld. Yeah. Disaster to befall I'm you. I'm totally Elaine when I date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. Uh, to have a rich guy make you take a 200-foot square macaw cage to your tenement apartment. And the two macaws. Yeah, they were And the macaw, And the rude yeah. macaws. And I had a little Yorkshire Terrier, and I was so afraid she was going to be eaten. And, or course. that my fingers would be gone or something. Yes. You know, I couldn't touch the birds. I was just so terrified. So, of course, my boyfriend saved the day on that one. <laughs> Ladies, listen to that. We love boyfriends. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> he did though. So, he really did save the day on that one. <laughs> uh, so, so a little bit after this, you are, you are offered a job in Ohio. Right. Right. With one Leslie Wexner. Had you encountered no, Wexner it wasn't before? With Les Wex no, I never encountered him. Never, never oh. still haven't encountered him. So wow. this is what happened. It wasn't for Les Wexner. Um, I got a really good gig doing a painting, a couple paintings for the movie as good as it gets. You guys probably weren't even born when that movie was out, but no, no, that movie. Yeah. I know that movie. So James Brooks, I'm a huge fan, right? And so Eric Bischel can't do this project. So he, so Jim Brooks calls me and he's like, I, I got a great recommendation. I love your art. You're in, you've got the job. So I tell Jeffrey and Gillian, I'm going to quit. I'm like, you know what? I just kind of want to quit. And they go, no, 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 no. So they never let me quit again. And they said, no, no, uh, we found, we've spoken to Abigail Wexner. Mm -hmm. And she wants you as an artist in residence at her house. She's be so honored. They own Wexner School of the Arts. Because I'm like, who is this guy? The guy that gave you the house for a dollar? I'm like, do you think he'd buy a painting? And they're like, oh, gosh, yes. They, they're huge art collectors. They own Picassos. Yeah, you should definitely go there. And I was like, oh, they sound so cool. They founded an art school. That's amazing, right? Or they funded it. So yeah. I go there in this old writer truck with all my art supplies. And I'm going to backtrack to say that when I returned, my apartment had been painted black by the um, butler who died in prison His before the black book. That guy, his no. son, his son lived in my apartment. They leased it out to him. Like Jeffrey and Gideland, like made money on my apartment in Greenwich Village, my tenements. They charged him and he painted the whole thing black and threw away all my antiques, like oh. everything I owned. Right. Oh so, my God. yeah. But anyway, so nothing ever worked out with these people, but I go to this a state in Ohio thinking, well, maybe this time these people will help. And I get there and I'm greeted by this guy, Randy Bowie. And he's like this giant thug. And, and he says, Hey, I'm special for, I thought he was really nice at first, but he, he says, I'm special forces and I'm Les Wexner's right hand man. And by the way, if you ever want to go outside again, you have to call and get our permission. And I'm like, what? All of a sudden my stomach just sank. And so I unload my rider truck and I get in the house and Gillian's like, I can see you're in the room. I can see you're in the bathroom. And it ends up the whole place is wired. They can see everything from New York. Right? I heard, so what yeah. I had heard is I, I, I basically, these were rumors, but I've, I've heard them from a couple sources is that Leslie Wexner actually might've had Epstein. Epstein was like a guy who, if you wanted your place wired with cameras, you would call mm -hmm. him because he was so good at like, 
probably, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't doing it himself, but getting, you know, his guy to do it or whatever. And so no, that Wexner had everything wired. Um, yeah. Epstein told me that Wexner had everything wired before he ever moved into these places. So yeah. he told me that they were like, he used the word outfitted. <laughs> Mm. And I was like, that's different. And Gilan was so mm. weird. Like she'd constantly point out, look, another pinball camera. We can see you. So it wasn't a secret. Um, yeah. And so anyway, I get there and immediately I know like I'm not allowed to go outside. I think I just find that the weirdest thing in the world. So I'm immediately scared yeah. and depressed and worried. So, yeah. yeah. So I was also starved there. And I found out later from Gilan that it was because she didn't want me to have breasts. She was starving me. So I would look like a nubile. But she lied and said it was because I wasn't the right religion. That it was wait. really because she wanted me to look like a child and not yeah. a fool. Yeah, what do you wait. mean you were, she was starving you? I wasn't permitted to go get food. I was on an estate that was surrounded by 330 acres. Okay. And I wasn't allowed to go outside unless I got Abigail or one of the guys permission. Mm -hmm. And so that rarely happened. And the only times I was allowed to leave the estate, I had to have someone with me. So I'd have Claire Hazel with me to mm. leave. She's another one. Uh, she's married to a Guinness now. Like they, she was Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend and she kind of was my supervisor, I guess, while yeah. I was there to make sure I behaved or something. I don't know. I mean, anyway, babysat me and Claire Hazel. Um, she was kept, you know, at the school there and provided with credit cards. And she was always talking to Ghislaine and Jeffrey and witnesses have come forward to tell me about it, that they saw mm. it. They went to my attorneys to say, yeah, mm. Maria's not lying. They also said Claire Hazel pointed out the sharpshooters in the bushes because he could see the laser beams. So, and, so something about that real quick. I want to pause. Yes, I, I, love I, I know somebody and spoken to somebody that, that has, has done, who was a subcontractor. And yes. worked on that property. Uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> talking about okay. this, and he he mentioned that there were guys walking around with AR-15s, mm, and he was I never like, saw that, yeah, but or like that hat. I mean, that's like also the kind of the rifle that you would use. I mean, okay, not the best I kind, never but saw a them. rifle you'd use yeah. for, for sharpshooters. Yeah, I never so, saw them. I saw the Dobermans. So the Dobermans one day they told me Randy Bowie said Dobermans. Yeah. The, it's like Randy Bowie, says, Randy Bowie said there are Dobermans and sharpshooters outside. So if you go out, you will die. So you have to call first. And I'm like, mm. wait a minute, what are you saying? And he goes, you will die if you go outside. So one day I thought, yeah, this is crap. I'm going to actually yeah. just go outside with my dog. I'm going to let her go to the bathroom and I'll be back. And the Dobermans came and I was only 200 feet away from their property. You know, I'm in the guest, the 26,000 yeah. square foot guest house. And so, yeah, they just, the opens came after me. And so I had to go inside and then I never tried the sharpshooter thing. Like I never, yes, ever yes. experimented. Yeah. I would say a good I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the confirmation of the Dobermans would serve to me as confirmation also of the sharpshooters. Right. Right. And so, so you were on this giant estate. I mean, I assume this place is, is palatial. I looked obviously at pictures of it or read pictures. Uh, right. And did you interact? I mean, you were, you were, you were making art, but also, I assume, I mean, from when you get, from what I gather, you were pretty terrified. Did you interact much with other people? Like, was it, was no. it? No. So here's the thing. I had my brothers there. I have a stepmother that's like a really bad alcoholic. And so my brothers growing up, I was so sad for them. And so I would take them away in the summers so they wouldn't have to be exposed to this. And so I had my five-year-old and 12-year-old brothers with me there. Um, Jeffrey and Gilan, you know, authorized for them to come there. 
And so I, they kept me obviously from going crazy, but the problem was food. We didn't have very much food. And when Jeffrey and Guillaume would come, I could take the truck that Jeffrey loaned me. You know, I was allowed to go to the Walmart and get some food and stock up, but they ate a lot of candy. Hmm. What kind of candy? <laughs> like a lot of sweet tarts and yeah. <laughs> yeah. marshmallows and just, they were just, it was a nightmare. They were so hyper Weird. and I didn't want anything broken in the house. I was so worried we'd be like fined or sued. Yeah. And one day, one day, get this one day I spill henna on the carpet. Uh-huh. And so I thought, you know, I know there are pinhole cameras over there, but I'm just going to drag this little trash yes. can over that spot of henna in the middle of the room. And so I get a call from Guillaume within seconds and she's in New York and she's screaming at me that Abigail Wexner is having a fit and I'm going to have to leave that property. I'm going to ruin Jeffrey's job. I'm going to ruin their connections. I'm the worst person Gosh. on earth because there's henna on the garbage. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be dead for this henna. You know, it's so I, I can't even imagine also, you know, the constant knowing that she's looking at you, yeah. not even if she is the whole time, but just that constant threat. I mean, that's I tell you a- what I did. I spent a lot of time in the garage because there were no cameras in the garage. So mm. I painted most of my paintings in the garage. Um, I finally found out, I think it was through Randy Bowie that I could also use the um, pool house. Mm-hmm. And, but then I found out there were cameras in there. So I went back to the garage. Yeah. It's so I so incredibly in manipulative. Yeah, yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. It's abuse. so abusive. Yeah, it was. It was abuse. So and you know what's amazing? The Wexners pretend that they've never heard of me. I find that really sickening, you know, mm. and I'm not going to put up with that. I'm yeah. sorry. There, there's one, I feel like pretty definitive proof. I mean, obviously my driver's license. <laughs> yeah. Obviously it, you're not lying. It's but yeah. I feel like there is rarely do we get physical proof of something. Right. You have a driver's license. I also have hundreds of photographs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that too, but, yeah. you, but you have a but driver's, I have the driver's license and it shows that I'm the one who was there. And I also have the proof that my mail was delivered there for three months. Yeah. yeah. And so, all these people like in the mainstream media, they always try to change the story. I'll got to tell you, there's one guy that's amazing. His name's Anthony Mason. Shout out mm-hmm. to he and Gail King. They're like incredible, really supportive of the arts. But most people in this situation have been very much interested in painting Wexner into a good guy and making mm-hmm. him look innocent. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, 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 no. That was and- the, every time I told the story, nobody would tell it. Nobody. I've been telling it for a year. I finally had to contact Whitney Webb. I was like, this yeah. is crap. Uh-huh. It's never going to get out. Yeah. 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 I have some questions about Abigail as well, to be yeah. honest. Um, okay, I never met them physically. I met Abigail yeah. over the phone and she mm-hmm. was so creepy. She was so mm. creepy. So she was very phony and like, oh, welcome to the estate. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, sorry you can't go outside, you know, that kind of thing. And then she demanded that I would, I mean, what kind of prima donna makes some artist who's not allowed to eat stay yes. in the house all day and then demands that they call if they want to go outside? Like what kind of control freaks are these people? Yeah, it's, it's that that's what's really astounding about it, because I mean, I'm sure they were like, oh, well, you know, it's a big property. Leslie Wexler's a very rich man. You know, you can't have people coming in and out. But like, I mean, that's prison, basically. It was I was imprisoned. It's I'm actually a little bit impatient with people about the COVID thing, because I'm like, you listen to me. This is not like you can't beat that. Right. I'm like, I just don't want to hear about it. I have cancer. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not very patient about it right now. I can can understand. (laughs) So at some point during this, Jeffrey and Gillian show up, correct? 
Yes. Um, they came three times to visit. Oh, this was the other thing. Like Abigail and Leslie tried to say they weren't there when, mm. when I was there. But the problem is that Gilan and Jeffrey came not for me. They don't care about me. They came to visit Wexner. They had meetings. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I know of the times that they came. Yeah. And the last one was the time of my assault. Yeah. The last time. So do you want to walk us through what happened? Sure. It's miserable, but basically I, mean, I can, uh, yeah, before, I can just, I just want to say whatever you're comfortable, if you're not sure, even comfortable, no, I'm comfortable with it. Listen, listen, the truth is something you never forget. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just important that people know the truth. Um, yeah. I kept it in too long. And my thing is I didn't need to keep their dirty secret. They weren't my secrets to keep the FBI yeah. burdened me with that. And uh, that's really unfair, you know, but basically Gillen came to get me. I was with my little brothers in our room and they had their own room, but we were hanging out together and they had just arrived. They had just gotten back because they'd taken my brothers for the day to one of Wexner's like uh, parks for driving, you know, mm -hmm. like a, a bumper car park or something. Yeah. I don't know if it was part of the mall or where it was, but they had just come back from that. And Gillen was like all giddy and happy. She's like, I've always wanted little boys. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like you're my family. And she would make mm -hmm. you feel so special. And I would think, do you think these people aren't psychotic? Maybe, maybe I should forgive them, you know, like yeah. not forgive them, but just overlook it. And yeah. so, um, basically she came to get me and she was wearing a robe and I thought that was weird because I'd never seen her in a robe. Well, I'd seen her in a robe getting pedicures. She made her, okay, this is really weird. She made these really nice ladies from the Philippines that they'd stolen, give them pedicures all the time, like all day, Jeffrey too. And so I'd seen her wearing a robe for that in Palm Beach, but that was it. I'd never otherwise yeah. seen her so informal. She was very formal. And so I go to, as opposed to Jeffrey, who was always in sweats, literally. Yes. Like, Famously. I don't know any other people on Wall Street that wear sweats all day. You know My what I mean? Man, he <laughs> fucking thought, Jeffrey thought that if you just like stitched your initials on a pair of sweatpants, yeah, you was dress like a slob. He yeah, wore slippers exactly. outside. I know. I know. He was the so most comfortable lazy. man. Yeah. He was very comfortable getting all those massages anyway. But so she comes to get me from my room and I wasn't allowed in Jeffrey's room ever because, and I knew they were watching me all the time. So I never went in there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, we have to go to Jeffrey's room. I thought I wasn't allowed in there. And she goes, no, 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 come with me. She goes, Jeffrey wants a foot massage. And we were already in the room at this point. And I'll never forget. He's like lying down on the bed and his feet are like kind of crossed and, and he, he's got on socks and he asked me to take off his sock and rub his mm -hmm. foot. And it was gross. It was like a dirty, gross foot. Yeah. And I had to touch it. And, and I knew at that point, well, I just thought I was going to be raped at that point. And so it was just a clear, it was just an instinct. Like I was pretty sure I was going to be raped. And so I just, you know, when I was little, I had this thing where I would have these recurring nightmares and I would have to befriend the monster in the nightmare to survive. And so it felt exactly like my recurring nightmare from childhood. And I thought, well, I've just got to be nice and pretend. So I didn't, I, I clearly wasn't into massaging his foot. I was pretty grossed out. Yeah. And, and he was moaning, like he, it was pleasurable or painful. I couldn't tell. And so I said, you know what? I actually think I'm hurting you. Um, and he goes here and he pats the bed and he wanted me to sit down beside him. And he's on the side, like if you're facing the bed, he's on the far right. And there's a TV right across from him. And I'll never forget because the whole time I was being insulted, assaulted, 
there was a math show on and I have a math phobia. <laughs> like I hate math. I'm not good Me at too. even telling time. I can't Maria. even tell time. I'm like, no. oh my God, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Me too. I'm the same exact way. We are simpatico. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, he basically was like, uh, you know, just lie down here and we're, and, and Gilan looks at me and she goes, Jeffrey's so smart. And she sits next to me on the bed and she lies down mm-hmm. and she goes, lean back, darling. And, and she said, Jeffrey's so smart. He listens to math on PBS. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. So immediately they both like reach over and start grabbing me in the same way. Like they're mirroring each other. It was weird. It was very bizarre and it was very mechanical and mm-hmm. painful. And it wasn't at all like something romantic or like, you know, anything where you could connect on any level. And, yeah. I, and it was, it was also very scary because mm-hmm. I had worked for these people for a year and I did not think they disrespected me like this. And I didn't mm-hmm. know this was what they did to their yeah. employees. Right. I, I knew um, they were weird, but I didn't know they were weird like this. So I immediately zone out while I'm being assaulted and I'm looking at the ceiling and I'm thinking, Oh my God, my sister was sent to Thailand by these people. Wait a minute. Was she raped by these people? Wait a minute. Is Annie dead? And the whole time I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, Annie's dead. Annie's dead. So I started crying at some point I was able to get up, like pull my body up. I was scared because I knew I'd blown my cover and Ghislaine's going, no dear, don't be scared. And I'm thinking, God, this is so creepy. So I go into the bedroom where my brothers are. I'm able to escape, you know, and I go and I run off and I'm acting like, okay, good night. You guys are so great. You know, good night. And I'm wiping my tears. I'm like, oh, I just feel emotional. Thank you. Good night. And I go in the bedroom and I barricade the doors. And I, yeah. I know they're watching and I don't care, you know, and I'm just like, I've got to get out of this house. So the next morning I heard them leave around eight and they went, you know, to their airport on their private Lolita Express home to New York. And I immediately started calling people. But before I started calling people, Jeffrey called me and he's like, that was so great. I really enjoyed being with you. And, mm. and I'm started crying. And I said, Jeffrey, you're so sick. Like, I just, honest to God, I thought I had a job with you. I don't understand this. Yeah. Where is Annie? Where's my sister? What did you do with the photographs? So here's the other thing. This is huge. Yeah, the photographs? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm lying there. I'm thinking, I intuited this, you guys. This is so bizarre how much we understand that we don't recognize. Yeah. I knew somehow, how would I have known this? They had stolen photographs. I knew this while I was being assaulted. And they had stolen the photographs that I had taken. This is why I stopped painting. Very specifically. They'd oh stolen God. photographs I took of my sisters who were 12 and 15. And they weren't totally clothed. And I had those pictures because I was studying anatomy. And with yeah. Eric Fischel, we, we work from photographs. I still do. And so it was very traumatic to have like, yeah. I, call, I called his office and I said, he had hung up on me when I asked where the photographs were. So I called his office and the woman said, um, the woman said, it was his British secretary and she hung up on me. And another girl called me back and she said, Maria, the fo- I want you to know something so you don't lose your mind. Those photographs are in his briefcase and he's using them. So that was really oh. devastating. One of my sisters still barely talks to me because it's really been hard on her. Yeah. So I never painted again after that. I just stopped painting because I thought this has done something really bad. I did something bad with this, this process. Mm, and it wasn't my fault so I ran down to the basement and I found in the basement 
This is so upsetting, but I found they broke and opened my safe that I had. It was a little plastic safe, but I had all my pictures in it that I kept, you know, everything valuable in. I had my passport, you know, everything in there. And she had rifled through or he had. I still have those envelopes, guys, and the FBI will not take them. I have DNA, touch DNA on them. Yeah. They could just say, you know, Gilan, we have proof of this. This is child pornography, but we didn't count, guys. We did not count no. because when I called the FBI, I told them. They had trafficked my sister and I. This is in 1996. These people have a child porn ring. And I know because they've stolen these pictures and I have proof of it. Please come get the proof. Yeah, no, we don't need that. No, thanks though. Can you keep this quiet? Can you just don't say anything. So when you, you contacted the F, well, you contacted the police and the FBI, I, right? I went, actually, I went with, I went with a, an acquaintance to the NYPD first. Mm -hmm. And I was so embarrassed to tell the story because it's so bizarre. And I thought, okay, I knew some of those guys that were really cool. Yeah. And I had helped do dog rescue through them. So they like knew me. So I yeah. thought, well, maybe they'll think I'm not, maybe they won't think I'm crazy. But they were like, Maria, you know, we know you and we know you're not lying, but this is way above anything. This is not even in our jurisdiction at all. Yeah. And they well, said, all we can do is report the, th the fact that she threatened my life and threatened the, uh, to burn the art because it happened in Greenwich Village. And mm -hmm. it was the sixth precinct, right? But they said, you have to go to the FBI. I mean, the NYPD was very clear about this. This is a very serious matter. You yeah. have to go to the FBI. Here's the phone number. Right. So, of course, I called the Southern District of New York. And mm -hmm. Berman, that jerk off. The day of the arrest is pretending he's never heard of this case. If Julie Berman or Julie, I'm sorry, if Julie Brown had not written articles in the Miami Herald. Mm. And that is so egregious because I called his office 24 years before he made that statement, that liar. Yeah. God, that must have been. It was so hurtful to me. I'm sitting here with cancer. I just gotten out of radiation for a brain tumor and Berman is lying, making me look like a liar. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I think is, is, is seems like it must be so traumatic about all of this is because it happened to you, but it's such a, such a powerful figure that seems so untouchable. And then no one will really give you the time of day or, or if they do give you the time of day, they find a reason to put you off or something like that. And I mean, that's, that's How about I mean, the I fact that Donald Trump, Trump, our president exactly. hired, hired the legal team. That yeah. gave Epstein the sweetheart deal. Do you know he did that to hurt us? There's no yeah. way he did that by chance. It's, of all the lawyers incredible. in the world, he's going to hire Dushowitz? That guy's an exactly. idiot. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't get. Yeah, I, I could, I could go off. He's a real creeper, guy. and he's on that creepy network, Fox News. Shame yeah. on them. They're yeah. so gross. And it's I'm sorry. And he, I'm just grossed out. Oh, I mean, absolutely. The, the, the feeling you must have when you see these, 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 these people. Re, like still on TV every day, you know, yeah. or, or yeah. still so connected. And, you know, it's just reading stories about, you know, Dershowitz on Martha's Vineyard. It's like, think about the children who they were, who they raised. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible because it's like seeing like that stuff like that, you know, maybe not for everybody, but for a lot of people can re-traumatize you, you know, mm -hmm. and especially over and over and over. Yeah. So, also Fox news, like this creeper, Jesse waters, he has this mm, girl yeah. on and she's like, pretending she's telling my story and she's like oh if they if they just listened to me in 1996 like there would have been no victims in florida and also like donald trump's a great guy she never met donald trump yeah she's never spent more than five seconds around that man and she yeah. never met Gilan, and she never met any of the actors she was never a victoria's secret model and she is not me folks 
And I have really suffered. And that girl's still, she's dipping into the same pot. So it's like going to be divvied up. Like if you're the same age, you get the same amount. What is this crap? I mean, I have really, I have cancer from them. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, you know? So how many times did you speak with the FBI? Okay. So this is interesting. I didn't hear from them for 10 years. And then I'm living in the woods of North Carolina because Ghislaine's been threatening my life. So I literally, I had moved, I think, four times at that point. And what I did is I decided to start restoring houses, like with my own hands, so that I could survive. So I would live, I would have a place to live. I could do my kind of art by restoring, use my eye, and then I would sell it and survive, right? It was just a survival game. And so I would move to these really rural places full of really ignorant hillbillies. It was a nightmare. Because I couldn't afford to restore a house in a regular city or something. Yeah, yeah. I had no money. So I was trying to just get by. And I'm living in North Carolina, which is probably the end of the world. I mean, it was just a nightmare. I was in the mountains with literal hillbillies. Yeah. And I mean, these people are so ignorant. You can't. They actually, I actually had people say to me, we don't speak to you because you wear glasses. And I said, (laughs) what are you talking about? And they said, well, listen to this. Only lesbians wear glasses. And I was Mm. like, well, who cares? (laughs) <laughs> and also, also that's what? not true, <laughs> you know? So anyway, um, but that, that these people were very ignorant and I had to deal with that. I actually saw a license plate, a homemade license plate there that said, Jesus Goddard did. And I didn't know what it meant. And I took a photo of it and I asked locals and they said, get her done. Jesus Goddard <laughs> did. And I was like, okay. I got to move. But anyway, I'm still living there and the FBI finds me and they knock on my door. And of course I think it's about my student loan. I'm of like, course. is this about my student loans? Oh, and no. like, oh Yes. I said that. And they said, Oh, wow, that's so cute. No, it's about your FBI report, Maria. You're the only one who's reported him. We're here to get your statement and we need you to testify. We need your sister to testify because we're putting him away. Well, hold on, Maria. What, what, around what year was this? This is in 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. So yeah. this is the Palm Beach it's case. The, it's in like Appalachian trail country of North Carolina, like dangerous, yeah. right? <laughs> and I'm living there because I can't live anywhere in the real world. And I have yeah. to change my name. And I've had people from that hillbilly area write to me and say, you are such a creep. You used a different name. And I'm like, God, you're not very smart. You yeah. Know? I wonder why I was using that name. Huh. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they Nesbit Kirkadall, I have to say, was a hero, guys. Um, she really this this one FBI, you know, the boots on the ground people are the ones doing the work. They're not right. the bad guys. Not all of them. Some of them are probably bad, but I met a couple really good ones. And yeah. they were amazing. This girl, okay, first of all, they look like movie stars. I I don't know what that was about, but they were like 10 <laughs> feet tall, and both of them were blonde, and they were really beautiful. And I did I'm like, uh, I guess I can serve you orange juice and cookies, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like Welcome worried about my it. mountain retreat. Annie tried to sell them Arbon, which was like a pyramid scheme when they came to Austin <laughs> to interview her. <laughs> I think that they bought rolls. some just to be nice, you know? But anyway, Nesbitt, Nesbitt was an amazing woman. She was probably, she, other than Brad Edwards, she was the only real hero in this case, you mm. know? She was like a superhero and she really cried and believed. She, she, it hurt for her that these children had been hurt. She had children and she was a beautiful, she is a beautiful soul that mm-hmm. tried to get this done, guys. And they, well, that legal team over, you know, Acosta. Yes. Right, AKA, right, right. AKA, like weird that in my drawing, he's Satan. Acosta. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> it's just like he's a really he's a bad one 
God, so, I, yeah. Labor Secretary Acosta. Yeah, what a great guy. He Amazing. And Donald, what great buddies. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> so you so you spoke to them then when they showed up at your door, but you, you spoke to them a couple other times? Um, yeah. So here, here's the thing. So <laughs> I spoke to them. They, they, yeah, I spoke to them several times following that because I was supposed to go testify. And I get a call one day from Nesbitt and it's like, Maria, you know, and she's crying and I don't really understand what she's saying. And I didn't, I didn't know what she was talking about. And then we never understood that they had settled. It was never made clear to us. No one called Mm -hmm. Annie. No one said, you don't ever have to come testify in Florida. Mm -hmm. So we like waited until a couple of years ago. Do you think we're going to be testifying in Florida soon? And every time I would hear something about Virginia, I'd be like, are we going to go testify for that? Or, you know, not. She be like in jail. Yeah, yeah, no respect for us. Okay. So then the worst part is recently, very recently, I was living in another hillbilly town, Paducah, Kentucky. And there were totally doc- yeah, hillbilly doctors. O- that's where I was born. Yeah. Oh, wow. There was a, yeah. There was a hillbilly doctor's office there that actually later, one of the girls that had come lunging at me, it ends up she died of a meth overdose. Mm. But the, the next week, right? But she but these people tried to they were gonna attack me for being an Epstein victim. So the police call me and they're like, you're going to be arrested. Yeah. It's a really crooked town guys. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to be arrested. What? I have to call the FBI. I can't get reached my lawyer's cigarettes. So I'm like, I need to call the FBI. Yeah. So I called them and I have my mother as my witness. Yeah. It was on speaker. The guy flipped out on me, he started screaming at me that I've never had anything to report. I've never known of a federal crime. How dare you waste my time? What? what? Wow. No, guys. It was as soon as I said my name. Uh, KBI agent. Yeah. Not letting it go. It terrified me. And so I moved again. Yeah. I'm not safe in Kentucky. I'm not safe there. No. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, you know, the the tendency of people to have turned up dead. So, oh yeah. Andy Stewart. Yeah. I mean, even the, the, the butler, you know? Oh yeah. The butler. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's like a Agatha Christie novel. It is. Was she, the, was she like the, the M for murder lady? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. E for Epstein. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Was that was I don't know. <laughs> well, all right. My bad. Yeah, so no. what, what did you, I mean, speaking of that, what did you think of when Jeffrey was arrested finally? And well, and then what um, happened to him afterwards, which we could talk about. Right. So I kind of knew because I had, um, mm. so the cold case guys who are, God, I can't even say how studly they are. It was weird. There's like <laughs> this really cool chick and I'm not yeah. going to say her name, but she was amazing. And then a really kick butt prosecutor that you would never want to face in a court. Mm-hmm. She was so amazing. Right. Yeah. And, and then this guy, I'm going to say his name, Detective Phelan. ID needs to do a show. Or Detective Phelan is telling stories because he's like seven feet tall and he's what you think of as a New York cop. You know, yeah. he's just like the real deal. He's got the great accent. He really cares about the people of New York. And Detective Phelan was going to make this happen, this arrest. And he came here to where I'm living now after leaving Paducah to oh, interview wow. me. Yeah, with this group of detectives. It was all cold case. Yeah. And so um, that was a couple of weeks before the arrest. And then they called me after and they said, sorry, Maria, we had to hand it to the FBI. And they apologized because they knew the FBI wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. I'm assuming I can't speak for them, but she sounded very devastated. I mean, they had talked to to you. So, yeah. Yeah. And they asked me. 
They asked me in front of David Boyce, why is the FBI not interested in speaking to Maria again? Here's the other thing the FBI did to me. I rode all the way to New York City, all the way. And they're not just doing this to me. A victim reached out to me today and she sent me proof of this, that she's been trying to get the FBI to take evidence from her for a year and they won't even contact her. Yeah. Mm. And they won't even go through the attorneys to get to her. So they are up to something not very good. And what I'm trying to do is make Berman prove to us that he's not deep state by arresting these co-conspirators. Prove yeah. it, Berman. Prove it. So how did you feel? I mean, when when he was killed, that must have. Oh, I mean, my God. Like... Was, yeah. No. I mean, here's what happened. I have a really sweet friend that came to me and she brought me this thing called a damn it doll. <laughs> and <laughs> you throw it against the wall and she yeah, made yeah. it. It's really cute. But anyway. She brought that and she said, I don't know what else to bring. She said, you might need some drinks or something. I'm not a drinker. So I was like, oh man, Um, that just doesn't work. But anyway, I just uh, actually have lymphoma and alcohol makes the lymphoma very painful. And and Mm -hmm. my lymphoma is all around my heart. And it's very upsetting to me because, you know, my heart has been hurting for a long time because I knew children were being hurt. And I think it literally manifested itself. Yeah. They broke my heart. They broke an artist's heart. An artist is the worst person to hurt. And all these girls are creative. They're all artists of different kinds. And I'm going to tell you something. They broke all of our hearts. Yeah. Well, and I a president that hires, I'm sorry, Alan Dershowitz and Ken St- all these evil actors. Yeah. He hurt us so badly. How can people vote for these? How can people vote at all? This Seriously. It's, it's, inc- it's incredible. I mean, There's it's, no voting it's- this year. Yeah. yeah, not not for me. Not for um, me. Well, I think the work that you have been doing as a kind of, you know, network, not networking, but like you're, I mean, kind of creating a network with all of these other girls. Oh, they're amazing. It's just incredible and um, a real inspiration. Yeah. And our love is going to beat all this. It really is. You know, we're uniting in love. And Alan Dershowitz is suing one of the victims right now. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. does that? Alan Does he not understand? Yeah. Does he not understand the optics of what a slime bag he is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's. I think he tends to like lean into it actually. Yeah. Yeah. He likes being sort of the, the Darth Vader, but the thing well, is. He definitely, like, I mean, look at what his wife, his wife went through. His first wife. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. For those. And then he those, names his book Hutzpah. I'm like, really? That's a yeah. little bit of. Yeah, yeah. I know. Everything is man. always like really on the nose with him. For, for, for yes. people who don't know about Alan Dershowitz's first wife, that, you know, Google Google Alan Dershowitz's first wife and, uh, yes. and and find out something about. If you thought this guy couldn't be any scummier, guess what? You were, he's all there's no bottom with that that that. Yeah, guy. and he was he was asking for my phone recently. Mm. He wanted my phone, like my actual phone. Like he your, knows I'm your cell phone. Yeah, my cell phone because he wants it for a court case that has nothing to do with me. And it's not even my lawyer he was asking it for. He hates my lawyer. He was, it wasn't even that. It was a friend of mine. He said, I'm going to include Maria Farmer in this. He's trying to find out as much on me as he can. There's nothing to find. I've been in hiding, bucko. Yeah. There's nothing. I didn't even paint for 20 years. I barely yeah. existed, you know? Um, yeah. Matt. No, I just, yeah. I mean, he's, ugh, don't get me started. He's attacking yeah. one of the girls that's just trying to survive. Oh yeah, right. oh, that's that's been his mo all along. Is these girls are liars. These girls, but nothing. That's the thing about this is nothing that I've heard any victim say has ever been proved wrong. No, no, that's true. Like it's 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 everything Virginia said that they said was incorrect. Yes, everything you right. said they said incorrect. 
I've, yep. I've never, yeah, it's, 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 it, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I want to just again, like highlight, you know, kind of what we, we were talking about before we started recording, yeah. but just the, you know, the, the connections that you are all making together yeah. as a kind of, you know, united front is, right. is, is really incredible. It's neat. One of the, I think I told you, one of the girls asked me to be her baby's godmother. Yeah. So I'm really touched. Yeah. No, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's a fam- the their family. Of- Virginia yeah. calls us survivor sisters. I mean, it's just so sweet. Absolutely. It's so I- sweet. I'm the oldest sister by far. but you know what's so sad about that Annie's like well I'm the oldest sister too and I'm like but I'm 20 years older than everybody (laughs) the thing is (laughs) I win I'm just kidding no but I am the big sister for sure and um I could they could be my children and you know that was the other thing that was taken from me is I had some kind of cool boyfriends in New York and my last boyfriend was this guy Avram Ludwig he's Doug Lyman's like he was his producer he's passed away but he was the neatest guy I've ever met in my life. And I was totally in love with him. And I had to leave and go into hiding. It's like, you know, what is this crap? My life was taken. And then I never got to have children. Not that I was, that was a goal. I really wanted to make art, but I kind yeah. of thought I would have a family, like a husband. Right. And then these people, when you have to move all the time and you're so unstable, it's so unfair that they yeah. don't get Gilan. And yeah. I have to keep hiding. People well, need to press Berman. Why? Why is he not arresting anybody? I, I have some theories on that. Namely you do? That what is it? Well, my theory is that they either, that they know, from, from what I've heard, just rumors, is that they know where she is, but they're not, they're just not doing anything. Of course uh, they know where she but is. But my, my other theory is that they're just, I mean, that's, I guess these are the same theory, is that they're just not going to do anything, basically. Yeah. Away, yeah, I know? think so too. And like I, think her- that, I think if there's enough of an outrage, they'll have to. That's yeah, what I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's it's one day, like you can't hide forever. Even if she's hiding, no matter where she's hiding, one day someone will see her. You yes, know what I that's mean? That's true. And once, I do they, believe, once they do, the jig is up there. I'm going to tell you, I think she's at the Rothschilds because she told me when she showed me photo albums, and these people have a lot of money, guys. Yeah. And I actually had a friend in New York who's a good friend with a Rothschild. And these people. Well, there's I mean, a lot of them. Okay. Because these people were really wealthy, too. But, a lot um, of them are wealthy, but it's a very big family. Oh, okay. Well, this this family, this part of them were really nice. And they were friends with my friend Susan. But anyway, yeah. they were so incredibly wealthy. So it scared me because that means they have a lot of power. Yeah. And so I didn't know that they were a different family. I just knew Rothschild. And she showed me all these photos of her father, like at his state funeral in Israel. Yeah. And, and she showed, then she said that they, the CUNTs killed him. Like she's bragging about these people. Yeah. And I didn't know if she meant the Rothschilds or the people at the funeral. Cause she was saying before that, that the Rothschilds were the great protectors of her family. And I'm like, which is it? Did they kill him or are they protecting him? <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's just I, very bizarre. Very bizarre. I, I know after her, after her father's death, she would, she was telling people that uh, the Sicilian mafia and yeah. the Israeli intelligence killed him, which I'm like, ah, I can see that. I mean, Israeli intelligence, I'm pretty sure. I read a book about her dad. Oh, it you looked, did? Oh, see, yeah. I don't know much. He was, well, he was a, a very famous spy also. Uh, see, I didn't know that until all oh, this yeah. came out. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's like he, uh, he was a real scumbag, but. Yes. Pretty sure. And he was a real, uh, he was a real scumbag. And, uh, and 
his his daughter seemed to follow right in his footsteps with a few modifications. Mm. Um, yeah, but, I think the whole family kind of fell to the wayside. Supposedly the yeah. mother was nice, but who knows? I mean, exactly. But of course, the father was a huge asshole to her. So yeah, yeah, he abused her, I guess, from what so, I read. I don't know. So, I mean, it is it has been... I don't know. It's it's been really fantastic talking to you, Maria. Oh, thank I mean, you. Your 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 story is like, it's I it, you know it was one of the sort of more focused on ones early because there was that New York Times article, right? Um, but you've been you're such like a, I don't know, an eloquent, uh, you know, one of many spokes spokespeople for this cause. And it's oh, it's, that's kind of you. I will say when when you when you were talking about how you know before we started and then then just now when you talked about how all of you were getting together and it's like. That is something that I think like there are so many of you and so many of you guys are like, you know, especially in the face of all this, just incredibly strong that I think right. that like, you know, one, one tends to think that like these people, you know, can't be brought to justice, blah, blah. I never, but and in any situation, I never think that, but it certainly can seem like that. Um, but I think I all wanted of you, to mention something because I'll yeah. forget. Oh, no, okay. no, no. We're not, this we're is not important. totally done yet. You can okay. make it whatever you'd like. Yeah. Okay. Go this ahead. is about this and I'll forget because I have that brain tumor thing. So I forget things very quickly, but I, I don't, I have a great long-term memory. Sorry, Randy Bowie. Sorry, Les huh. I have no problem with my long-term memory. None. Yeah. But I wanted to say two things about that. I whole thing, but also first the FBI told me very specifically that they know where everyone is because I yeah. said, how did you find me? And Nesbitt thought that was hilarious. She was like, Maria, we know where everybody is. Yeah. And when I asked, and I said, oh, you know everyone in the United States. She goes, no, internationally. Yeah. We know where everybody is. So there's suddenly Berman says we can't find her. That's the yeah. biggest pile of garbage. Load of yeah. shit. And then I wanted to mention something else because this is why I'm speaking out. Um, I tried speaking out for many years, of course. Yes. And I was, I was silenced by Vicki Ward, by Vanity Fair. That scared all the victims, by the way. She, Vicky Ward has a, a lot of blood on her shoulders. So I don't know if that's an expression, but I make up expressions. So anyway, she's, she's guilty. So anyway, um, and she's very self-righteous. And she contacted me and said, Maria, I'm an Epstein victim and you're very rude. Can you believe this? Yeah. Vicky Ward? She also, yes. And she sent me a letter here. Kind of so she would was letting me know. Now, this is Elan's friend. Oh, to she your house where me, you're at right now? Yes. And get this. Ooh. It's a velvet card from like Neiman Marcus. No. And it on it, she explains all these things that I did wrong and how she's not to blame at all. But there's no apology. And she also was letting me know she knows where I live, guys. Mm, yeah. So this is what I, that's what we've all gone through. But the other thing I wanted to say is the reason I'm speaking out now is because a year ago, I was told I had a brain tumor. And when I was told this, like this thing happened to me where they say like, you know, they say your life flashes in front of your eyes. But yeah. I didn't have that happen. I had all these experiences that I never had flash in front of my eyes because I hadn't had the experiences. And so I saw all these things that were never going to happen. And I got really mad. And then I went in. And they, after I got the radiation, they did this thing where they, they stuck a wire down my throat. And they said, you had two weeks left before you were going to lose your voice. Wow. And it gets worse. It gets worse. I had to have thoracic surgery because then they did a PET scan. And they said, gosh, you have something going on in your chest. We have to do thoracic surgery now to do a biopsy. And it was a major surgery. They break a rib. They deflate mm -hmm. your lung. It's major. And it's the worst pain in the world. And they couldn't find it. They, like this weird lymphoma thing. It's Hodgkin's and it hides. There are these weird tumors that like hide. 
So even though they knew there were all these tumors there and they removed them, they're like, we can't get to everything, but everything we can reach is clear, but we don't know why. So we have to watch it. But I woke up from that surgery and my tongue was black and I couldn't speak. And it ends up the anesthesiologist was some crazy Russian woman who didn't pay attention. Nothing to do with being Russian, but I'm mad about it. Yes. And so <laughs> Avram Ludwig was Russian. He was my boyfriend. But you're you're, <laughs> you're forgiven. I'm part Russian. You're good. <laughs> no, but but this woman was like, um, I'm not like Rachel Mad Cow Disease, who goes, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I'm not like yes. her. All yes. she does is yes. complain about Russian. But this yes. guy, this woman was a crazy Russian, like maybe drunk. I don't know. But she did this thing with my tongue where she accidentally cut off the circulation. And so... I, it almost died and I almost lost my tongue. And so, and then I had to go in for another thoracic surgery three months ago and they said, Oh yeah, it's cancer. It's a different kind of cancer. What are the chances? So I have two kinds of cancer and I almost lost my tongue twice. I am going to never shut up. No. And we are so thankful you haven't lost your voice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that is God. I'm really it's, honored that you guys asked me. I was so flattered. Really. No, cool. Oh my really gosh. Young. We are so honored to you have you. No, we're so, so honored that you would come on and that we are able to amplify your story for everyone to hear because it's so important. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, that, that's, that, that's the thing about this is like a lot of, I mean, the news cycles or whatever, I mean, they either ignore things or they move on really quickly, but this right. is a story like the Epstein sort of nexus around that, everybody involved in that from, from, from people like Vicki Ward to people like Alan Dershowitz, people like Donald Trump to Leslie Wexner. Ivana All these Trump. People, Ivana yeah. Trump, exactly. It's like, it's, 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 you know, this should hang around their necks, you know, like a stone. I hope it does. I, mean, I hope they are so full of albatross. They can't Exactly. Breathe. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I hope they choke on albatross. Well, Me too. Well, he, I, uh, I think too, you know, there's so much, and look, and you know, there's so much that we've explored on the podcast, exploring this case and all the various cast of characters. And it's so right. important to bring it back to the real people that were at the heart, right. of, that are at the heart of the story, which is you and your sisters. Who and they're just yes, who they, are, they just. I know. just really can't wait for them to be able to, if they want to, speak out at some point. Yeah. Yes, um, we've, you know, everybody's been really traumatized, yeah. and and people. I don't know why people don't understand this. You know, why do people, I don't know. I don't know why they I don't think, understand. I think people do, but I think it's really, I think it's really hard for people to hold on to. So, which is why it's again, so important to have you to come on right. to kind of recenter our listeners. So I they can one remember. Yeah, please. I say one last thing. Sorry. Um, okay. So the thing is I never went after money ever. I, I, you know, I had 25 years of the richest people in the world harmed me yeah. and I never tried to sue them. But about seven years ago, I reached out to Gloria Allred mm. and you know what? Her assistant indicated, well, they shamed me and indicated, and I could hear her over the speaker thing and they didn't believe me. And not only that, they knew it was true, but they said they didn't believe me or she, the assistant did. And then she said, you and Annie don't even have a case. Hmm. Yeah. So that was hard. So I went to bed for two weeks crying and I was like, wow, you know, this is a woman who I thought was like a real activist for women. I, I didn't know who Gloria Allred was. I didn't know she was a scumbag, but I thought she was, I thought she and Lisa Bloom cared about victims. I didn't know they were Harvey Weinstein's friend. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's And yeah. So it's just, it was really painful to wait so long to speak is the other thing. And, and I was hushed by people 
all over the place, even lawyers, you know? Yeah. 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 I can only imagine. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll explain more about the GoFundMe after, after the interview, but, um, I definitely want to make sure people sign that, that, Oh yes, yes. Because Eileen Guggenheim. Oh my God, she's still the board president. Let's do a proper yeah. Let's let's do a proper intro. The petition. There is a petition out there, correct? Yes. Which explain it to our listeners. Okay, so a woman named Kirby Summers um, set Mm -hmm. up this petition so that she could remove Eileen Guggenheim from the board of the New York Academy of Art. She's the president of the board. Mm-hmm. She's the one who harmed me immeasurably. She's yeah. absolutely the person who fed me to these people and fed my sister to them. And it's it's about, you said it was at about 2,000 signatures now, but you need like 5,000? We only need 5,000 signatures. That's not a lot of people. Well, but we're going to... The gonna... problem is it's not being like pushed a lot. And then the Academy is being so jerky. And oh, yeah. yeah. I, I can only imagine. Stuart Pivar is a really cool guy, mm. and they're going to have a little battle on their hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll definitely, we're going to link to buddy. it in oh. the show notes, and all of our listeners, we're going to encourage you to go to the petition and sign your name because the link will be right there, and you, you know, you got to do your part. Right. Thank you. <laughs> well, Maria, so many people, including us, obviously, love you and support oh, you I love and all think you you're strong. Um, I feel all the so love from people. I feel it, man. It's good. amazing. It's going to heal my heart. I know it. That and chemo. <laughs> it's a, yeah, yes. Well, that that's important. And too, RSO, RSO. Oh man, that's good stuff. I mean, that actually a, cures cancer. So it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing to see that you're making art again. Um, Thank you. That makes me. I, that's the most. I know there's a lot of other heartbreaking details, but that's the most heartbreaking detail for me. How it sort of yeah, it was the worst for me, and I, it definitely didn't help emotionally. Um, yeah. But, uh, but thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I really had a good time. So that's our episode for this week. We should we need to uh, extend our thanks again to Maria. Uh, she mentioned at the end of the episode that there's petition. Um, they only need five thousand signatures to remove Eileen Guggenheim from the board at the New York Academy of Art. We're going to link to that um, in our show notes, and we implore you to sign up or sign the petition. Um, and just as important, there's also a GoFundMe for Maria, uh, which we will be, uh, of course, donating to. And we, we expect every single person who listens to this show to donate as well. She's trying to get the $75,000 to, uh, to, to help her with her, her cancer treatments. And uh, a lot of people that listen to this show, donate some money. <laughs>